Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. It's available for all of God's people to be victorious ones, more than conquerors, overcomers, through the natural things of life, through every spiritual assault or temptation or trial or test. God has made us winners, not losers. And the Bible said, uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith needs to be fed, and so we have faith school. So get your Bible, get something to take notes in, come in, join us, and let's release faith. Uh, only the Lord knows what everybody everywhere needs today. I certainly don't, and I certainly couldn't begin to address that, but He can do it. The Holy Spirit is amazing how He can minister to a million people uh, simultaneously in all these different and exact specific ways. So let's believe for that right now. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for grace, asking you for utterance, asking you for ears to hear and hearts to understand. Show us, Lord, the things that are not evident to the world. You, you said that the world can't see the Holy Spirit, but He is with us and He is in us. And you do enlighten the eyes of our heart and understanding and cause us to see and to know, and the truth makes us free. We ask for that. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Would you go please in the textbook? To Hebrews 10 again, let's continue looking at the spirit of faith revealed in chapter 11 of Hebrews. We're calling the study by faith. Hebrews 11.38 says, excuse me, 10.38, 10.38, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If the thought ever crosses your mind, how are we going to live? You already got the answer right here, right? <laughs> how are we going to make it? Come on, help me out, class. By faith. How am I going to, how are we going to get the money to pay our bills? How are we going to make it through this physical problem? How are we going to make it through these kids acting up? <laughs> How are we going to make it through my spouse acting up? You can panic. You can yield to fear. You can yield to confusion. And it'll get worse. And it'll get worse quick. Or you can respond. You, you can look up through tears, through emotions, through all kind of feelings, even through pain and discomfort. And you can say, I don't know everything. But I know the one who does, and he's my father, and he'll help me, and I'm coming through this Amen. by faith in a faithful God. We have faith in him because he's faithful. We trust him because he is 
trustworthy. Verse 1 of chapter 11, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Like we said, you could say it's confidence of what's expected. It's conviction of what is not confirmed by the senses, what is not seen. By it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Uh, God testified to his people's faith repeatedly, commended them for their faith. And we see in 1 Peter that our faith, once it is proven in this life, will also be uh, praised and found unto glory and honor at the coming of the Lord. This should be important to us. We should think about this on a regular basis. He said, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. By faith Enoch, he walked with God and he was translated. Uh, by faith Noah, verse 7, was warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And verse 8, by faith Abraham. All this week we've continued to look at Abraham's amazing faith. How many would agree? Amazing faith faith. And yet we're told we are by faith in Jesus, the very seed of Abraham also. And the faith that he had, we have that same kind of faith. Now you have to develop it, walk in it year after year, decade after decade, like he did to get to where he got. But uh, we have the same opportunity and we have the same kind of faith that he had as he walked on the earth. Same spirit of faith. Go ahead and say it out loud. I have, I have the same kind of faith, same kind of faith as, Abraham. as Abraham. I have, I have the, same the same spirit of faith as all these, as all these in Hebrews 11. You don't have some watered down substitute. <laughs> you got the real thing. Oh, does that, does that bless you? Does that stir you up? I've got in me the same kind of faith, same faith. Now, again, maybe not developed to the same measure, but it's the same faith. Whether it's this measure or this measure, it's the same faith. And this faith is potent, powerful stuff. Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, how much of this does it take to get a big change in your life? You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm not sure I have enough faith. How much you think you need? You know, <laughs> mustard seed faith. He said it would move mountains. So uh, the, the thing is, so many times people haven't used their faith at all. You know, there were times that Jesus told people, you know, why are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? They weren't operating in a little bit of faith, that no faith at all. So again and again, just a little faith is enough to fix your situation. <laughs> Keep reading. By faith, verse 8, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he went. Abraham's faith was revealed in his unquestioning obedience. In his um, obeying without delaying. 
I mean, you, you read, uh, and, and if you're a serious student of faith class, I'll give you a homework assignment. There are about 10 main chapters, there's a little more than that, but that deal with Abraham's walk of faith. There's a little more than that, 12, 13, but starting at about chapter 12 in Genesis and read for the next dozen chapters, you see what he's describing just in a couple of verses in Hebrews 11. But you will see Abraham, who had no Bible, who had no church to go to, none of his relatives worshiped the one true God. When God told him to do something, friend, it happened. I mean, even if it was something nobody had ever heard of, he'd do it that day. Or he'd get up the very next morning and get to it. He would do what God told him to do. And this is evidence of strong faith. Why would you obey something you don't understand, something nobody you know understands? Because you trust completely the one who told you to do it. Amen. Amen. And Abram trusted God. He would just get up and do it and not have a clue what he was doing or why he was doing it. He would pack up him and his wife and all his all of his people and all of his cattle. And how many understand when you've got thousands of head of cattle, you kind of need to know where you're going. <laughs> Is that right? You're going to need pasture. You need feed. You need water. And so people would say, you're, you're, you're crazy. You're foolish. You're naive, Abram, without a definite plan. And yet he wasn't naive. He was Trust in God. He had heard from God. Now, if you launch out into something like that and you hadn't heard from God, you are foolish and it's not going to end well. But if you've heard from God, faith comes by hearing. Amen. And, and he acted on that faith. And he was willing to travel around in what would be his descendants' land. He didn't own it personally. There was no record of it. But he camped on it. And he camped, you know, during all that time, he was putting his feet on it. <laughs> Wasn't he? And you know, later on, the Lord told Joshua, everywhere the sole of your foot will tread on will be yours. Well, that goes all the way back to Abram had done it. He had camped here a while, then he'd camped there a while, then he'd camped here. And you know, at one point, the Lord took Abraham out and he said, uh, look north, look south look east, look west, when it looked like Lot had just taken the best of the land and left him the dry, uh, not so nice part, the Lord said, I'm giving all of it to you. I'm giving all of this to you. Well, he didn't have a physical confirmation of that for all those years. He didn't have any titles. He didn't have any sales that proved that it was his for the most part. And yet, he kept walking on it he kept looking for what God had made. Hallelujah. And uh, you and I are to live exactly the same way. He said, verse 10, He looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And we see as Abraham continued to walk with God that the commands became more serious and the Lord asked more and asked more. 
And in verse 17, years later after he left home, said, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. God didn't make him do it. Abraham did what? Offered up. Another way of saying that is he, he gave. He freely gave to God what he asked for. God doesn't make us do things. He will ask you for some big things. In fact, Jesus talked about if you're, if you're not willing to leave mother, father, sister, brother, your own life and plans, you can't be my disciple. You've got to be willing to leave anything, to give anything, to sacrifice anything, to get his highest and best, to go all the way with him. And if you're smart, you won't hesitate. You'll be like Abraham. If he asked for it, you'll, you'll get it out of your hands. <laughs> you'll get it to him straightway. Go back to Genesis. And let's remind ourselves, Genesis 22, of how this happened. Genesis 22, verse 1. It came to pass after these things that God did, the King James says, tempt Abraham. I think a better word here would be test. Test or prove. You could even say try. But in the sense of um, proving something so that it is approved. Like we said, we saw in James, I'll just read it again, James 1, 12 through 14. 13 says, let no man say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. Isn't that an amazing thing? Nobody, nothing can tempt God to do wrong. <laughs> he is untemptable <laughs> to do evil. I, I like the sound of that. Makes me feel secure. How about you? Well, one definition of, of uh, 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 10, talks about there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. One translation says that there is no temptation that is irresistible. Now, we can be tempted, but never let the enemy convince you this is a temptation I can't resist. There is no such thing. There's no such thing as a temptation you can't resist. There's no such thing as a test you can't pass. No such thing. As a trial, you can't win and overcome. And God's uh, idea and plan is that we pass every test Amen. so that he can approve us and promote us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He's got to have, though, that reason or elsewise it wouldn't be fair to do all these amazing things for you that are not done for everybody else. That wouldn't be fair. He's got to have a reason why to use you like that, 
to, to add to you like that, to, to put that kind of resources in your hand. There's a reason why he didn't just do that blanket for everybody. And the thing is, God is good. He's no respecter of persons. He'd do the same thing for anybody, anybody on the planet that he did for Abraham if they'd go as far with God. <laughs> Can you see that? As Abraham went. And the truth is, many, most people won't. A lot of people won't even start with him. They, they won't give him, you know, their faith in the new birth. They won't even get started. A lot of folks won't give him a few hours a week to go to church, one time a week. A lot of folks won't give him any time to read a chapter in the Bible or to pray a little prayer. And so they never find out the rest of what God would do for them if they'd have followed him fully all the way. If you hold on to your life and you just live for yourself, it'll be shallow. It'll be disappointing. It will be unfulfilling, unsatisfying. I don't care if you're a billionaire. I don't care if your picture's on half the magazines. You still, when you go home after the show, you'll be so let down. <laughs> you'll be so alone and so disappointed. No, but the Bible said in, inside, the psalmist said, deep cries unto deep. When your heart cries out for more, something beyond the physical, something beyond the natural, something beyond the material, it's because there's more. <laughs> I've had people look at me and say, brother, it just seems like there's more. Because there is. <laughs> there is. There's a lot more. But the way you find it and experience it and get to it is by taking steps of faith. You don't just jump from here to God's highest and best. You take a step. Just like Abraham. He, he, he didn't start out with Abraham asking him for Isaac. There was no Isaac to ask for. It took decades of faith to get an Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> You understand, if Abraham and Sarah hadn't left home, would there have ever been an Isaac? Now, if they hadn't had enough faith to leave home, they sure wouldn't have had enough faith to conceive and have a child when they're 190. You see how faith is progressive. And every time you have enough faith to take a step and to not walk by sight, to not cling to the familiar and the known, but to step out by faith and obey him, it, it breaks off a limitation. It enlarges your insides to think bigger and to embrace and receive bigger. And, and you come into a, another place, a, a broader place. Then next thing you know, the Lord will ask you for something else. and It'll take more faith than it did last time. And, but if you're smart, come on, help me out, class. What will you, what will you do? You'll, you'll turn loose of that and... And you'll step into this and, oh my, it'll be even bigger and greater and broader. And when does it stop? I'd say never. <laughs> I'd say God never changes. And this is going to continue throughout eternity until one day, I don't know if it's 100,000 years from now or a million years from now, you'll be looking at a cosmos and God will say, speak to that planet. And you'll go, whoa, whoa, God, do what? 
<laughs> but it started way back on earth when you answered an altar call. Hmm? When you had enough faith, it took all the faith you had to turn loose of your little grip on your little life and say, Lord, I'm going to quit trying to be my own Lord and guide my own life. I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to submit to your Lordship. If you haven't done that, now's the time. <laughs> now's the time. I, how many in class think now's the time? Yes. If you haven't done that, I want us to act on it right now. Pray this prayer with me. You're either uh, affirming your faith or you're reaffirming your faith. Say it out loud. Father God, Father God I, believe in you. I believe in you. I trust in you. And I believe that you sent Jesus, your son, most precious to you. And he died on the cross and paid for all my sins. And that you raised him from the dead. And he's alive, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I submit myself to you, O oh God. And to your son, to the Lordship of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I receive you as Lord of my life. I turn loose of controlling my own life. And I cast aside my own plans. And I say, not my will, but your will be done. I am, I am yours, and as you help me, you help me I, will you I will follow you all my days, all my days and pass this life. Pass this life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's how you get from the beginning to eventually some things that's even beyond our mind to comprehend. That first step of faith turning loose of the control and submitting to his lordship and control. Abraham did that. Uh, there was a period in life when his faith was here, and then he took another step, and then here, and he took another step. Come on, can you see this? And here was the big one. <laughs> After decades, God has got him to the place where he can literally ask him for anything. And he'll do it. But there's only one way to really know that. An opportunity to demonstrate it. To prove it. Can you say prove it, prove it. To prove it. Uh, listen to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.21. It says prove all things and hold fast that which is good. You'll see through a number of the parables that Jesus gave, that's a process that's going on right now. The wheat, the tares, the net with the good fish and the bad fish. That's what's happening right now is that this life is an opportunity to prove whether you love God, whether you don't. Whether you believe in Him, whether you don't. Whether you'll obey Him, whether you don't. And those who do will be in a different category from those who don't. Uh, 
Even the Bible says concerning deacons in the church. It says in 1 Timothy 3.10, let these also first be proved. We're not supposed to put untested, unproven novices into places of spiritual responsibility and authority. The, the way the Lord operates is he'll give you a small thing. And if you're faithful in that, he'll give you something bigger. Because Jesus said, he that's faithful in that which is least is faithful in much. He'll give you a broom. Right? He'll say, you know, take care of that floor. Well, if you uh, sweep a third of it and sit down and quit and you leave it, you know, dirty and you don't take care of it. Well, there's no need in the Lord giving you anything else. Can you see that? A lot of people, though, they say, oh, no, no, if I had something big now, had something important, then you'd see my gifts would come out and say, nah, nah, nah. According to Jesus, whatever you do with the little thing, you'd do the same thing with the big thing. And so the Lord is smart. He doesn't give the big important stuff to people he couldn't trust with a broom. So if you're faithful with that, then he'll give you more. Then he'll give you more. And so deacons, he said, let them first be proved. Well, if that's true with deacons, it'd sure be true with those who have places to rule and reign with God in his eternal kingdom. They must first be proven. You know, we, the Lord's blessed the ministry with airplanes. And uh, we have an airplane. We can travel even internationally. And uh, before we got to the specific one that we've got, uh, I'm a pilot too, and uh, I wanted to know when I was crossing an ocean for eight hours at a time that I had some stuff that was proven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with technology, you've got uh, um, cutting edge and then you've got bleeding edge. <laughs> you know what bleeding edge technology? That's the stuff that just came out of the lab that nobody's used yet. <laughs> I don't want that on my plane when it's nighttime and I'm over the ocean. I want something that has been tried in every kind of situation. I want somebody to fly that thing up in the Arctic, right, whether it's 30 below zero. I want them to fly it out in the desert when it's 130 degrees. Anybody with me? I want them to load it to the gills and see what it'll do. I want them to run those engines wide open night and day because if it's going to break, I want it to break there, right? <laughs> well, the same thing with God. We have this opportunity in this earth life to demonstrate some things. And some things, if we come short there, it's not the biggest issue. We can get it corrected early in this life so God can have us to handle things, bigger things, later on. Amen. And if you learn the lesson on a smaller thing, then you don't make the mistake on the big thing. If you're faithful in the little thing, then you're in better condition to be faithful in the big thing. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Well, say it out loud. Father God, I want to be faithful. Show me how to be faithful in the smallest thing and to be obedient in the small detail that you might add to me more. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. <laughs> Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time in Faith School.